Yeah, it's kind of like when Roger Moore and, and Jaws uh, man up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other. You feel that uh, when he puts his hand on your face, it engulfs everything. That's the size we're talking about here. Well, hello everybody. Welcome to Pod Hard. This is uh, Jonas Högberg. Uh, and Anders Schultqvist. Yes, we're two fine fellows from Sweden talking about action movies in a very um, chronological way. We're tracing the evolution of uh, action movies and the language of action movies. And this time we've finally reached the year 1928. Yeah, we have got one hell of an arrangement here. We're going to start out with Buster's last independent movie, or or what to call it. It's hard to call this an independent movie. It's one of the biggest goddamn blockbusters of all time. Uh, I mean, yeah, you're talking about Steamboat Bill Jr. Bill Jr. Yeah, Buster really puts the Buster in blockbuster. Yeah, definitely. And then we're going to end on his uh, first uh, uh, yeah, big company flick, MG, MGM movie, uh, The Cameraman. And and we use this uh, little uh, movie that you found as an interlude uh, more or less. Mm. Yeah, it's uh well, what would you I, I guess you would in the Swedish you would call this uh, a pilsner film, I think. This is a very rambunctious uh, comedy, um, which we'll be talking about, Feel My Pulse, with uh, Bebe Daniels, uh, one of the big stars of the 20s. Yeah, I was going to ask you, uh, how do you pronounce Bebe? Be- Bebe? 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 Baby Daniels. Bebe. Baby Daniels. Bebe. I think it's Bebe. Bebe. Bebe Daniels. Uh, yeah, and uh, our good pal Richard Arlen from uh, Wings, uh, who is uh, so goddamn like uh, Crispin Glover that we're constantly amazed. And also William Powell, uh, who will be getting a lot of uh, uh, interesting roles in the 30s and 40s as a talking actor. Yeah, but you're steaming uh, ahead, Jonas. Yeah, we're steaming ahead. We are concentrating this episode on Steamboat Bill Jr. And... Uh, for once, we actually saw the movie together uh, over Skype, which is uh, a bit weird, but it almost felt like old times <laughs> when we did our Swedish podcast and we sat on the same couch and watched the movies and then uh, did the podcast after. The memories. So we're almost getting back to that magical feel, Anders. It feels oh, great. so this is the nostalgia episode. Well, I have to say, we we chose the perfect movie for getting back together again. The Steamboat Bill Jr. was uh, amazing. I I think this uh, probably is uh, my favorite Buster Keaton movie. I'm just, I'm throwing it out there. This is my favorite Buster Keaton movie. Yeah, that was my line. Oh, damn. I just just love how he goes so all out, big, bold, set-piece extravaganza in this one it's he just pulls all stops 
uh, when when the storm hits the town. I mean, it's like uh, it's like a uh, blockbuster of today. Uh, the 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 special effects, uh, of course, there's no uh, computer effects here. Everything is done for real. And I mean, he's trashing he, he's trashing a city. He's trashing an entire city in this movie. Yeah. It's just one of those huge uh, set pieces. I mean, yeah, it's uh, uh, destroying downtown Chicago uh, like they do now every summer blockbuster or something. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah. But uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's uh, start the movie off at the beginning. First, we get this Straub and Hulia pan... Is that what it is? I don't is? know what it is. It's it's uh what what do you call it in English? A pan? A pan? A yeah, pan, a pan. Yeah. So not a tilt, yeah. a pan. And you and you and you said, oh, a strobelier. Yeah, we we Straub. went to film school together, and uh, then we had a teacher who talked a lot about strobelier, who is like a very. Isn't it Straub? Straubelier. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Why are we talking about Straub and Helia now? I don't. Uh, I haven't well, seen. I haven't seen much uh, of, of their uh, repertoire. Well, they're, but, they're very arty and do very <laughs> slow pans. <laughs> this pan isn't that slow, but it's pretty even. Yeah, it's pretty even. That's why I immediately thought, oh, Straub and Hulia, Okay. I mean, <laughs> it's you, you're not you're not too far out there. I, I mean, I, I watched P- Pedro Costa's uh, documentary on uh, Straub and Hulia Yeah, a couple okay. of years back, and they talk mm-hmm. a lot about Charlie Chaplin as an uh, mm. as an influence. No, not influence, but uh, his importance to to cinema. Okay, but not Buster Keaton in staging and. Uh, not that I remember, okay. but uh, Buster Keaton does have a mustache in this one. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll, we'll get to that as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, the pan was... Uh, in the beginning, we thought, wow, what a pan. But then the pan stopped, and then it continued. Yeah. What was that? Stop and continue is odd choice. I, I liked how quick it stopped, because it was just... Uh, dead. I mean, most pants slow down a bit <laughs> before they stop, but this was just... I hmm. love that we give so much space, uh, room for the opening pan of the movie. Yeah, I was gonna say that you took it too far when you said that we used to pick movies apart uh, down on very small, minuscule detail level, but uh, here we are, I suppose. Yeah, uh, we we did that, Anders. Uh, we did that, and we're doing that as well. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, Steamboat Bill Jr. Uh, as the movie alludes to, the the movie's name alludes to, it's a movie about um, big steamboats uh, down in uh, Louisiana or that neighborhood. I would assume. Yeah, there's a new <clears throat> there's a new steamboat in town. Uh, or, or my trailer voice. Oh, okay. <clears throat> There's a new steamboat in town. Yeah, it's a nice, big, new steamboat that is all shiny and bright. And the old steamboat, well, not that interesting anymore. And that old steamboat is being uh, uh, commanded by Steamboat Bill. And uh, now Steamboat Bill gets a letter. Oh, my son is coming for the first time since I was... Uh, 
since he was a little baby. I haven't seen him since. <laughs> I thought you were <laughs> were gonna say since he was since I was a baby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I haven't seen. But his boatsman also. He says, uh, uh, "Looks like you have to look for a new river." When, uh, oh, when the big uh, boat, big new boat comes. Uh... Yeah, and, and steamboat Bill. He's uh, what a man. He's a big. Yeah, yeah, we big talked guy. about that. Buster Keaton uh, had a fondness for using big guys as his uh, heavies, as the bad guys. Now, Steamboat Bill isn't a bad guy in this movie, but he is uh, a bit of a foil uh, in the later part of the movies uh, when uh, he's trying to stop Buster from, uh, well, uh, seeing the other Steamboat uh, captain's uh, daughter. So... Th- yeah, you said his hands were like uh, frying pans. Yeah, frying pans or, or like, um, uh, yeah, what do you call daslock in English? Yeah, yeah, you said daslock. Daslock, yeah. Uh, dust lock, yeah. It, it, how, I mean, outdoor oh. lavatories had like this big uh, lid. So yeah, it's an outdoor lavatory lid. That's how big his hands are. Yeah, it's kind of like when Roger Moore and, and Jaws uh, man up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other. You feel that uh, when he puts his hand on your face, it engulfs everything. That's the size we're talking about here. So, where were yeah, we? Yeah, well, uh, Steamboat Bill Jr. comes to town. Well, he's, he is yeah. actually called Willie in this movie, uh, which is not that good name for a Buster Keaton character in my mind. I haven't seen my Willie. Uh yeah, we were we were a bit confused in the beginning. Like, uh, is he talking about his uh, downstairs equipment uh, or what is going on here? Uh, but will we receive a rating now? <laughs> but no. Uh, no, he was actually talking about his uh, son. And uh, to to be recognizable, uh, Buster Willie Keaton uh, will wear a, a coronation flower. Mm, yeah. Uh, when when he arrives at the train station. Uh, so, but. Everyone has one of these, <laughs> more or less. So, uh, yeah, Steamboat Bill goes around and um, checks out, tries to find a real uh, solid uh, log of a man. Yeah, and he's, he has a fantastic vest on uh, that almost looks like... Uh, it's, it's Buster. Yeah, Buster Keaton has this uh, nice uh, vest uh, checkered. Uh, and it looks uh, almost a bit uh, like 8-bit uh, gamey style. Um, so uh, I was almost <laughs> I thinking, some... man, you should have one of those vests. Uh, that looks great. Yeah, but his, uh, his style uh, overall, I mean, he's some kind of proto-bohemian uh, art uh, type. Mm. He carries his uh, little... Uh, what is this? Uh, it's not a guitar. It's Ukulele? A, uh, ukulele is is it called ukulele in English? Yeah, I suppose. Uh, so. I think so. I can do a fast check for you. And and he has a basker. I think so. Yeah. No, is it called basker? Uh, <laughs> basque. I'm a basket. Isn't it man. just basque? Basque. Uh, beret. First I thought beret. you said it's a beret. Beret. It's a beret. First I thought you said bass. <laughs> he had a big fish on his head. <laughs> what? Uh, no. no, it's a it's a bass, a, a bass a beret. beret. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is going great. <laughs> this is just going great. So anyway, he finally finds uh, his uh, dad after uh, a whole set of uh, misadventures. Uh, he's uh, 
He's playing ukulele to a... Oh yeah, he almost he almost kills a baby by sitting on it. And the baby baby does a great uh, stunt when when uh, falling over. Oh, I'm dead. Great. <laughs> Love it. Uh, it's a YouTube moment. Yeah, definitely YouTube moment. Uh, and his dad is so ashamed when he figures out uh, this is his son. This uh, small, uh, weird-looking fella. Mm, yeah. Nerdy. I guess. I mean, uh, dad acts uh, with his face, uh, <laughs> kind of like these uh, bug-eyed, Popeye uh, characters that often show up in these movies. But this guy is so good at it. Yeah. I I kind of le- let him uh, let him slide. I think he, he, he he's acts like, with his whole face. He's like the ultimate version of the uh, Popeye character er uh, going. Yeah, I wouldn't call him toned down, but <laughs> in in it because it's all over the place. But but there's some um, yeah, it's a p- purity, I I suppose. Elevated Popeye. Elevated Popeye. So the elevated uh, Popeye guy, he tries to kit uh, Buster with some. Uh, uh, better garment. Uh, so uh, first of all, he tries to get them, give him a better hat, since the beret just isn't cutting it for him. Uh, so he takes Buster to a hat shop. Buster tries on like uh, two hundred different hats, uh, and he has his porcupine hat uh, just for a second. Uh, it's very, it's very. Um, he's very conscious about it. When when the porcupine hat comes and he puts it on. He puts it down immediately, as uh, if uh, it's almost like an inside gag, uh, like um, only the real Buster Keaton fans know that this is a this is a gag, this is a joke. That he, oh, uh, if you miss that, well, that's on you. You should be paying more attention. Yeah, it's fun because it it, it goes on forever. This hat scene, <laughs> yeah. uh, and and uh, but I identify very much with Buster Keaton here because every hat sits on top of his head and doesn't fit very well. So I, I said he doesn't have a hat head. Mm. I mean, he doesn't fit mm. in hats, and I don't either. But uh, anyway, <laughs> when, ex- directly when he goes out, it blows away. So so the whole scene is um, uh, for nothing, mm. more or less. <laughs> it's very fun. And he also gets rid of the mustache here. Um, because yeah, that that's just uh, an abomination to the dad. Uh, that kind of mustache, and it's not uh, it's not full Charlie Chaplin mustache. It's a bit more uh, elongated over the the brow of the mouth. But uh, I did think it was uh, a minor diss at uh, Charlie. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm just uh, hoping for uh, rivalry and. Uh, some brouhaha between the greats, but... Uh, you leave it open that you read too much into uh, facial hair. <laughs> I always do. I always do. Maybe it's a diss at you Douglas are, Fairbanks. Uh, yeah, that, that, now you're onto yeah, something. Yeah, because that, it's more of a Douglas Fairbanks mustache, really. So, anyway, um, the he, he gets... Uh, well, he gets uh, a, a pretty nice costume, actually. Looks like he's a dapper captain... Um, on a quite high upstandard boat, uh, really. He isn't really par with the boat itself uh, because everybody's burly, manly, manlish, um, goes around uh, pushing people around like that. 
Uh, and so uh, the steamboat Bill, uh, the Popeye, the elevated Popeye character, uh, his best uh, best mate on the boat tells him uh, he, he like uh, almost hands him a gun uh, and means that he, he should shoot his son. No jury would convict you, as the intertitle reads, uh, which was a bit weird. Um, <laughs> and this is a boat that is... Uh, well, it has seen better days. Uh, Buster accidentally knocks a lifeguard uh, out of the boat and into the water, and the lifeguard sinks Im- sinks immediately to the bottom. And that's just how crummy this boat is. Yes, and then he walks around a bit on the boat, and uh, someone pulls the rope on him, and into one of these uh, wonderful pratfalls. And we yeah. will see a lot of them in this. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. When- uh, you know where, where he twirls in the air and uh, almost always lands uh, on his head, more yeah. or less. Or yeah, great. I, I love those. There is no equal. No, nobody can do those as Buster Keaton can. I mean, he, he was an expert such... at falling. Uh, he had this body control that no other person had, which I guess stemmed from that he was being thrown around at like uh, three years of age or something. So uh, he had lots and lots of practice on this. And uh, I mean, we see some other pratfalls from other people that are pretty good. But, I mean, this amazing thing when he almost does... Uh, um, so when he does these somersaults and, like, throws himself up in the air and around, like, uh, th- 360 degrees uh, and falls on his neck. I mean, it lo- they look so... I mean, his limbs are everywhere in the air. He's not just doing a standstill somersault uh, backwards. He's twirling his body like he, I don't know, like he's being uh, thrown out of bed or something. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, shot out, shot of, shot a out can- of a cannon. cannon. It's crazy. And he does so I mean, many you know, in you, this movie. <clears throat> you know what, what uh, we're going to have to call it? It's uh, elevated pratfalls. <laughs> you know it. Okay, so uh, elevated Popeye, elevated pratfall. Great stuff already. <laughs> From this podcast. Mm. I'm going to talk like Popeye now for the rest of the podcast. Calling things what they are. There's a long scene where there's this uh, back and forth between the boats. Uh, You know, they push him. Dad Mm. push him over to this Mm. other guy. uh, King is his name. The the guy who has the new... uh, Who owns the whole town, more or less. Uh, Buster has an interest in his uh, daughter, Mm. played by... uh, uh, Marion Byron. So they push him back and forth between the boats. This is a scene that drags. They always have these gags that don't really go anywhere and mm. get uh, plenty of time to develop. Mm. So I guess they just try out some stuff and see which works better at, at times. Mm. But it, it has a nice ending where, where they there's a guy pushing him and they both fall over and they are like uh, entangled. Mm. <laughs> tangled yeah, up yeah, yeah. Uh, and fall uh, fall mm. back it looks uh, looks uh, cool yeah definitely so a lot of people go into the water here uh, so dad dad asks him to hit hit him use your hands what they are made for and when he hits him he he gets a sore hand it it really hurts I was thinking about Jackie Chan often ha- has those moments where where the, where he hurts himself mm. and and play play up 
play it up. So he got that as well from Buster Keaton. He's uh, shown around the boat. Uh, he has uh, some more uh, silly stuff when trying out the commands for the boat and they're bumping into this new boat. Um, and then it's nighttime. Buster lies in his bed and <laughs> at his, at his uh, foot side, there's... <laughs> this is the, the this is by far the weirdest thing of the, this entire movie. So there is like bits and pieces of a coconut lying at the the foot end of the bed. Weren't wasn't it cocoa nut? Uh, could it be cocoa beans or something? Are they in shell? We sh- we thought it was peanuts. Yeah, it looked more like peanuts, but, but it, the intertitle says it it's not. like coconut bits. Uh, which is yeah. very weird. Uh, so it's f- full of it on on the floor. Yeah, and 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 they keep stepping in it and hurt their feet. Yeah, it's uh, really odd. So it feels like there's a scene missing here where he's consuming a coconut. <laughs> I mean, maybe it was because the prior scene he swallowed some chewing tobacco and is out cold. Mm. So so maybe it it was for his stomach uh, to eat or a coconut. Uh, to eat something, I mean. <laughs> yeah, but why a coconut? Anyway, it's the word of the. Maybe at the end we should edit together all the anyways. Anyway, like so a, anyway. So anyway. So anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Anyway, he's gonna sneak out <laughs> and uh, meet up with. Uh, is she called Kitty? Kitty. Yeah. Kitty. Kitty. Marion's character. Mm. So. There's a back and forth with dad who won't let him. But when he finally sneaks out, he has one amazing three-level pratfall. uh, Mm. Climbing out, falling several levels, uh, one at a time. But uh, yeah, it's great. Mm. Yeah, and and we need to to take notice of the fact that uh, when he climbs out, uh, Buster is dressed in a jacket that is like uh, five sizes too big for him. And uh, we, of course, immediately thought of uh, Gary Daniels. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you immediately thought of Gary Daniels. I think he haunts you since I've pushed you to watch uh, Recoil. Mm, Yeah, uh, so uh, yeah. Gary Daniels, of course, uh, a crappy action star of the 90s. <laughs> no, man, come on, man. <laughs> but the thing that... Why, you got, but, why, why, why do you gotta go there? I think the greatest thing with Gary Daniels was the size of his t-shirts. They were like uh, five sizes too big for him. Uh, and uh, here we see Buster Keaton showing us yeah, how it's done. It's pretty awesome when he gets out of those t-shirts as well. Uh, yeah, well, it's pretty okay. <laughs> yeah, let's leave uh, Gary Daniels for the moment. But but I will for the moment. This. For the moment, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we will get him in the 1980s, 1990s. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Buster has these great uh, triple uh, somersaults here uh, when trying to get over to the other boat. Uh, and when balancing on a plank between the boats, there's this dude coming, throwing a cat and uh, a boot. losing his, sh- his boots in the process. 
Yeah, and the boot becomes like the balancing thing on the plank so that Buster can stand uh, outside, uh, onto the side of the plank that is uh, over the water. Uh, but how he's being lifted up by a boot on the other side, I fail to notice. It has to be like this sea jargon. Uh, like your boots are like so uh, extremely messy, naughty, filthy that they're like filled with filth and maybe that equals like another person. Oh, okay. You you thought like... I, I was thinking that he still is supposed to be a bit portrayed like a, a weak uh, oh, person. Oh, a lightweight and character. A lightweight character, exactly. But, <laughs> but I, I guess the boot has to be way something. <laughs> Could be a bit of both, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so anyway... So, he, 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 <laughs> anyway? Anyway, he gets on board uh, the other boat and uh, there's a bit of a brouhaha where the, 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 um, the captain uh, is uh, like <laughs> jettisoned out uh, into the water and another uh, boatsman into the water, and then when another comes and finds Buster, uh, Buster just, ah, fuck it, I'll, I'll jump into the water myself. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And his uh, father, uh, the elevated Popeye character, is very disappointed with him, because, uh, well, he's obviously trying to uh, meet up with the girl, uh, which is his rival's uh, daughter, and, uh, well, such a marriage is not possible, of course. So uh, the father just uh, sends Buster packing at uh, the dawn of light. He gives him a train ticket and some money. Just get the hell out of my sight, you wretched man. I want nothing to do with you. How can you do this to me? But uh, then uh, <laughs> the elevated Popeye character gets into trouble, Anders. Steamboat Bill, yeah, yeah. His uh, this other character, King, who more or less owned the whole town, gets uh, Buster's dad's riverboat uh, out of commission. Uh, it's gonna be, yeah, it's too crappy. So there's a scuffle, uh, and Dad is arrested. Mm. Oh no! And and uh, do, and mm, about now it starts to rain there's heavy rain and strong winds mm. buster is on his way to to his dad with the biggest loaf of bread uh, ever in the history of mankind yeah and he's filled this loaf of bread of course with uh, like saws and uh, files and uh, tools essentially for his dad to break out of jail uh, and there's a quite funny bit uh, with the sheriff uh, when he's going back and forth and they're trying to get the loaf to the dad and the dad doesn't want anything to do with Buster. But when uh, Buster cracks the top of the bread open and, and shows uh, the dad, hey, there's a lot of yeah. tools in here, then it becomes, oh, yeah, get it over to me. But then the sheriff is like, oh, no, this sounds uh, suspicious. Why the sudden turn? And so they're playing around with this... Uh, uh, quite amusing. I love the the, the detail when uh, Buster finds a, a, a loose string on the sheriff and, and pulls it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's uh, a very long string he pulls out of his uh, clothes. Uh, yeah, and, and back back and forth. And there's, 
in the end, the sheriff more or less begs Buster to to knock him in the on the jaw because uh, uh, the dad has uh, called that uh, Buster shouldn't let anyone treat him like that. Uh, yeah, but but that that's after Buster has been exposed. Uh, yeah. The bottom has gone out of the bread, and all the tools have gone out, gone down on the floor. And uh, Buster does this uh, genius little thing where he like uh, quickly opens the lid just to p- take a peek. Uh, did that happen? <laughs> what I just thought happened? Oh, the the tools aren't there anymore, and he pops it back, and it goes so quickly. It's so nicely done. Great little detail there. Yeah, he's good at those. Yeah, and then he tries to knock the sheriff down, and he succeeds because he doesn't hit the sheriff in the jaw. He hits him in the stomach, his big, uh, flappy stomach that doesn't have any protection at all. So Right in the gut. The sheriff goes down. And, <clears throat> and then he gets that out, and they're going to escape, but... Uh, uh... The, the rest of the police force arrives at the spot. So it ends with the sheriff knocking out Buster with a gun and, and tell one of his guys to drive him to the hospital. And now the rain has really intensified. And another great detail, when Buster they, they flip Buster into the back seat of the car. Uh, it's an open car, of course. It's the 20s. Uh, and the, we only see Buster's legs sticking out uh, on top of the uh, the back seat of the car. Uh, and just as the car goes away, he crosses his legs uh, in a in a very mm, very 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 nice manner. And then he wakes up and just gets off uh, in full speed. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a great pratfall. I mean, this movie has some of the greatest pratfalls I've seen in my life. Yeah, and many of them. Uh, I mean, Buster, of, Buster, of course, uh, named this as one of his most challenging uh, shoots. He said he was uh, battered at the end of it, at the end of it, um, which is understandable because uh, he is really giving it to himself here. Yeah, and right about now we arrive at the big, uh, the big, big set piece. Yeah, there's like a tornado, I mean, man. Yeah, there's a tornado hitting the town, and and I mean the whole town is destroyed in this storm. Yeah, and there are so many gags here. Houses I mean, flying it's... away, riding on the bed, and a magic show, and yeah, everything. It's a gags bonanza, and and it feels like I mean all of the gags they... are great. All of the yeah, gags and they are lead great. to each other. Yeah, and they lead to the next in a, in great ways as well, and. And there's whole houses flying away, and then a house lands on top of him, and they crumble and fall apart. Walls uh, fall down on him, and then he fly away on a tree. Yeah, oh yeah, that was great too. But but you know the, the wall, <laughs> uh, the wall stunt is of course Buster Keaton's perhaps most famous stunt, where he's uh, standing uh, a bit uh, knackered. And uh, this entire wall of a house uh, collapses down onto him, and he he um, he stands exactly at that spot where the window of the house is, so he doesn't get uh, harmed at all. But of course, this was extremely dangerous because, I mean, 
it's not like a thin paper mache uh, cut out of a of a wall. It's a real. It at least looks like a real wall, and when it falls down, it looks like a one hell of an impact on the ground. It looks like a solid wall. Um, and uh, from what I've read, uh, actually, the day he shot this, he was told that uh, the studio. Uh, his studio that he I don't think he owned the studio but it was his studio that he could do any, anything at all that he wanted to um, and he sort of had almost this complete control over his movies all that was taken away when the owner sold everything and uh, Buster was uh, like forced to uh, take this deal with MGM uh, and he got this news at the day when the, he shot this wall stunt. So uh, he apparently didn't even care if the wall killed him here. He was uh, so depressed. And all of the crew members, they didn't want to watch this when uh, this <laughs> stunt went down. So everybody turned their backs on Buster when the wall <laughs> fell. Because everybody thought, man, he's going to get killed now. He's uh, going to get flat. Th- this is uh, it, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's even worse when they <laughs> when, yeah, can... when they turn around again and, and there's no one there. <laughs> would be oh, he's squashed. Okay, <laughs> okay. Well, that's now, a wrap. That's a wrap. So and, and he mirrors the scene beautifully in in, an, in another scene, but in in a smaller smaller way when he mm. is going to exit a door and and the, the wall collapses. Yeah. Uh, when he uh, exits the door. Oh man, such uh, a great shot as well. Fantastic. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, and and the the wall uh, and the and the door uh, <laughs> is up in the air when the the wall is down. Uh, and it's so uh, uh, it's so ergonomically beautiful in a sense. Uh, <laughs> you get these uh, lines and shapes, and uh, I mean, this must be like a, a mathematician's dream or something with all these straight lines and shapes, and it, it almost feels like an algebra lesson or something. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, that is like being taken part in the in the like forcing houses and and buildings and uh, walls and doors and uh, there's so many shapes and positions and uh, such so much awesomeness going on here that uh, I, I just can't fathom it all, man. And and yeah, as you said, there's a magic show as well with, with a lot yeah. of crazy things happening. He does a magic trick unknowingly. Uh, where a, a shower curtain is being rolled down on him, and when it, when it goes up, he's disappeared into a box down there. Uh, he gets up and is a bit peeved. Well, what happened? And and he's being thrown around in this house, and it, there's a there's a ventriloquist dummy uh, that is being used in some uh, funny ways as well. Um, and he and. When uh, the winds hit him out in the street, I mean, man, these wind cannons, where where did they come from and where did they go? Why hasn't Hollywood used these kinds of effects uh, anymore? 
I haven't seen it. I mean, he essentially... He can more or less stand... Uh, yeah, he, he stands at, like in a 45-degree angle. He, he can walk towards the wind. He tries to jump towards the wind, but that doesn't work at all. There's a beautiful shot when he uh, comes in frame, uh, gliding on his ear, <laughs> upside down, <laughs> yeah. more or less, in the mud. Yeah, it's that's amazing. Great. And there's a lot and, of boxes hitting him in the wind as well. And we talked about that in in the general that he he always glides into frame and and ends up exactly where he wants. Yeah. And he even do this coming in on his face. I mean, <laughs> yeah, there, this there's, this guy is a magician. There's such precisement in everything. Uh, that's why I think it's a mathematician's dream. This movie and a magician's dream. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And and. And in in everything, just when he walks around, it, it's this uh, total control of, of the body. Mm, uh, mm. You can feel when Buster is uh, anxious or, or uh, yeah, what whatever it is he. What, is, what uh, he's trying to portray the emotions and everything. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> oh man, so. And we, we we even get a cartoon element in all this. He gets a jolt uh, of lightning from an. Uh, yeah, electric wiring electric that wiring. has fallen down. And, and there's like a, a cartoon uh, jolt uh, being presented. Uh, that's that's something you don't see too much in these movies. Uh, Might be the only element that has aged somewhat. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, and then he, then it goes on this crazy uh, like uh, line cart uh, thing with with a tree. That was also completely bonkers. I mean, yeah, yeah, he holds on to a tree that is ripped up and blows away. Uh, yeah, and it must be on a on a wire or a, a crane or something. Crane or I something. mean, it, oh man, it looks great. I mean, he flies out and lands in the river. Yeah, it's really spectacular stuff. Mm. And now there are people in on houses floating around on the river. Uh, Kitty is on one, so he's got to save her first. Uh, anyway, the whole the whole prison goes down in the river with dad in and it's starting to sink. Mm. So so now he is uh, uh, he ties up a bunch of ropes on the boat and and just rams it, rams it right into the prison. Yeah. I thought it was gonna kill his dad, <laughs> but I like that it it uh, it makes it a save the dad variation mm. in, instead of a save the girl mm. because that that one is uh, done very very quickly and out of the way, and then there is more uh, a more uh, elaborate mm. save the dad plot. Yeah, it does some nice uh, parkour jumping uh, to get down to the dad from the top of the boat. And then he, tr- he goes all the way back up again. Uh, he climbs uh, very fast up the boat. So, uh, yeah. I mean, It's a really good parkour, parkour scene. He sure has uh, his athleticism. Uh, I mean, he can challenge Douglas Fairbanks every day of the week. Um, and he does a nice swan dive as well. Uh, to save the rivaling captain, this king character that is uh, Kitty's dad. He's being saved and everybody's happy and uh, Kitty feels like, uh, yeah, it's you and me now. Uh, But uh, then Buster gets uh, this uh, wild look in his face uh, and he just jumps 
off the boat and everybody's like Buster where are you going what is happening and he's swimming away and then he comes back oh he's saved a priest they're gonna get married on the boat it's a great ending it's probably the best ending on a Buster Keaton movie I've seen now maybe I I have already forgotten uh, some of them but this is really funny yeah yeah, we were we both of us were like, uh, "What's he doing? Uh, why is he leaving everybody?" But yeah, he's getting the hell out of here. Yeah, like we 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 thought genuinely, "What? He doesn't want anything to do with them." Uh, he's like uh, getting the hell out of there. And then, oh, he's <laughs> that, he's, he's coming back with a priest. Okay, <laughs> the end. <laughs> the end. Great, great stuff. I love that it, it just ends directly. Mm. On- so, yeah. so this is how you make a movie, everybody. Do Steamboat Bill Jr. <laughs> and uh, you've made a movie. This yeah, is a build movie. A town, <laughs> build a town and destroy <laughs> it. Destroy it completely. And you will have a Podhard approved Oh, yeah, definitely. This is... Uh, this is groovy. <laughs> so get out of there. Uh, with your, uh, film it with your iPhones. Just build up a uh, town. I mean, this movie is, of course, on YouTube, as many of the movies that we've seen uh, during this uh, roaring 20s uh, thingamajig. thingamajig we've done here. So uh, after you listen to this, uh, you better get on YouTube and watch Steamboat Bill Jr. Uh, yeah, <laughs> great movie. Fantastic movie. Yeah. Um, so later we're going to get to his MGM debut, The Cameraman. Yeah. But before that, we take a slight uh, intermission with uh, <laughs> Feel My Pulse. Yeah, okay. Hand, well, we're, give me your hand then. <laughs> I gotta say, I really enjoyed, I enjoyed this one. It, it, I think it moves at a pretty good pace uh, overall. Yeah, it's only uh, an hour long, so uh, that's a great uh, length as well. Um, yeah, so so Bebe Daniels plays this uh, rich girl supposed to. Yeah, she she's been told all her life that she has a weak heart, and I guess a bunch of other uh, symptoms. So for twenty one years she has lived uh, totally uh, secured, I suppose. Yeah, she has like an entire team of doctors around her all the time. That is like uh, <laughs> as soon as she gets uh, her pulse up a bit, they get they freak out uh, and they try to calm her down with uh, medicine and. Uh, uh, yeah, so they try to keep her stationary at all costs. It feels like <laughs> yes. she hasn't done anything in, in her entire life. It's really odd. So this doctor, what what's his face, uh, has taken care of her for these 21 years. But now this utter madman, Uncle Wilberforce, uh, comes on over and is going to take over uh, the caretaking. <laughs> Yeah, very weird. It's a really weird uh, setup. Yeah. So he shows up uh, screaming and uh, uh, shooting off his gun uh, in the roof to prove that she does not have a weak heart because then she should die from uh, fear. So everyone is hiding and uh, <laughs> and <laughs> I mean this uh, Wilberforce. I mean, why I mean, wasn't it, he more in the movie? Uh, he would have made a great, uh, like, chaotic force uh, to the movie. <laughs> Why hasn't he interfered earlier as well? Yeah. <laughs> He's waiting for he, 21st he, birthday, he, he, he shows up. He appears not to know anything about her weak heart. 
He's like, so you're it, totally surprised. <laughs> so he screams, you're going to the ranch. You need excitement, adventure, romance. Uh, and the doctor says, he'll ruin 21 years of antiseptic supervision. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love these intertitles in the silent movies. There's a lot of intertitles in this one. It feels very, very dialogue-driven, well, it, back and it's forth. it's too many intertitles, of course. I love it when, when they try to cut back on the intertitles, but when they do yeah. show up, they're very cleverly written. I mean, this is, I guess this is a sense of this being on the cusp of sound cinema. Yeah. Because it feels more dialogue driven. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, yeah, so. Uh, but there's some really nice puns and, and a lot of dad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that gets you going, isn't it? Yeah, some of them were, were pretty funny. I, I actually laughed at some of the text. Uh, so she has forgot that she inherited a sanitarium <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> where uh, she can hide from this uncle and relax. <laughs> yeah, so she, she... It's a brilliant setup. She sets off for this uh, sanitarium without any of her doctors, which I thought was a bit weird uh, since she has been so... Uh, uh, diapered, is that the word? So dotted on. Pampered. Pampered. She's been so pampered by her doctors uh, for 21 years, but now all of a sudden she likes takes off on her own to the sanitarium. Yeah, but slowly, slowly throughout the movie, it it uh, peels back and shows that she is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, of so I guess it starts here that she can leave this place. I guess a small she... bit of rebellion. I, maybe she thinks there are doctors there, but the note she has where where they send her news uh, from the sanitarium, it says it's a it's really dead here uh, <laughs> or something. Yeah, and the so. sanatorium has been. Uh, it's not a sanatorium anymore. Uh, we, the audience, uh, get uh, we get in on the secret. It's actually yeah. been turned into a rum smuggling rum smuggling den. Yeah, so it's a bandit's nest she will arrive Yeah, to. the sanatorium is in an island in the middle of uh, a lake somewhere. Uh, and it's like, uh, yeah, there, there's bootleggers smuggling uh, rum there. Uh, this is the 20s and they didn't have uh, access to alcohol in the, um, in the USA. <laughs> so we get a brief shootout. Uh, yeah, that opens when, our our uh, our um, uh, our time with the sanatorium. Yeah, when the hijackers attack. Yeah, the hijackers. So, Very nice name <laughs> for them. They're, they just they just shout to each other. The hijackers are here, and then they run into the boss's office like the hijackers are here. Uh, so there's oh. a brief shootout, and they chase away the hijackers, and uh, and then the movie goes back to being some kind of. Uh, slight comedy i mean uh, <laughs> most movies about 20 minutes in i i have almost started to wonder at every movie why is pod hard watching this again yeah and you thought what? as much uh here as well yeah mm. but <laughs> but they get some really funny stuff out of that she believes that she's ill as well i think bebe daniels is pretty uh, funny she's, she's uh, <laughs> yeah she's gifted so uh, I, have, I haven't seen anything with her before, but I, I recognize the name. But so. uh, but she is being um, 
so William Powell is uh, the the boss of this rum smuggling nest, um, and uh, he tells uh, Richard Arlen, the Crispin Glover lookalike. Uh, yeah, to... Richard Arlen from Wings. Yeah. We just saw this guy. He's yeah. back in business. Uh, He's credited as her problem. Yeah, I like that. And uh, William Powell is credited as her nemesis. So uh, every everybody has uh, her in front of their character's name or the the person that they're they're playing here. So definitely her movie. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so it's a nice throwback to the the more uh, female driven movies of the ten- of the tens, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, in a sense, this did felt a lot like those uh, serial movies. Um, I mean, the plot is pretty haphazard at best, um, but uh, they do tend to get some funny things out of it. I mean, Richard Arland uh, picks up uh, Baby Daniels uh, at the train station almost by mistake because uh, he doesn't really know who she is yeah. and that uh, I, I, she thinks he's he's a tra- taxi driver and he's so amused by her that he essentially gives up and okay i'll i'll give you a ride uh, as he does this he is a terrible driver or he drives very fast and so she gets agitated and so she tells him uh, i'm i have a heart problem you need to uh, chill down okay i'll take it slow but then her box, uh, her suitcase filled with medicine goes, uh, <laughs> it, it, it gets toppled over and uh, it, uh, it's left behind. And when she sees that, she jumps out of the car when it's uh, going. Yeah, full, at full speed. At full speed. Or not full uh, uh, And uh, that's a nice uh, stunt. She does that pretty good. Yeah, and she runs like a madwoman. Yeah, al- almost <laughs> after like, her medicine. Yeah, it's almost like in um, in Kung Fu Hustle uh, that the Road Runner esque. Uh, <laughs> yeah, run. yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's like super Absolutely. speed, supersonic speed. She runs back to get her medicine, uh, and yeah. Richard Arlen is like, "You have a heart problem? Uh, did you just run like crazy now, or something?" Um, so yeah, he takes her back to this sanatorium where everybody pretends to be a patient at the sanatorium, whereas they are really bad guys, criminals smuggling rum. Um, not sure why they pretend. <laughs> they they <laughs> seem to be amused by her as much as Richard Arden is. William Powell gets wise that she's uh, worth like $30 million or something, and he thinks like, oh, maybe I can get some ransom here. Uh, but not clear as to why they all fake the sanatorium bit, why they don't, why they just don't kidnap her from the get go. But yeah, so we get. I some... mean, there's a, <laughs> when she arri- before she arrives, there's a great scene with uh, William Powell, the nemesis, when when one of the guys uh, he asks one of the guys, uh, uh, "What's she doing here?" And and he answers. Uh, she uses two big words for me. Mm. She talks like she was Gene Tunney's librarian. <laughs> and, <laughs> Who's Gene and, uh, Tunney? 
<laughs> I don't know. So I had it. And Powell's uh, reaction to this, he immediately picks up his gun <laughs> and, and opens it and checks if it's loaded. So when upon hearing this, that, that she's like uh, Jean Tunney's librarian, he is going to shoot her up. Oh, oh, and I oh, mean, oh, pa- oh. Powell makes a great bad guy, I think. Yeah, he's great. Uh, Jean Tunney, I just looked it up. He was a <laughs> boxer. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, what? <laughs> Okay, so something to be very upset about. Yeah, so he was a heavyweight boxer. Okay, weird. Uh, she punches him in the brain as if she were a Gene Tunney's librarian, I guess. Okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and we get a great scene of her getting plastered with a guy uh, when uh, he's getting loaded on her medicine and she gets loaded on <laughs> rum. Uh, and they, yeah, they switch medicine. Yeah, and they they <clears throat> sing medicine. a tune, merry tune together, and uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, and she is out surfing on a plank on on the river, <laughs> and <doing laughs> lots of other stuff. I mean, she gets to be drunk, and uh, I mean, she's doing uh, lots of uh, funny stuff. <laughs> yeah, and then. Uh, At- and Powell, uh, the nemesis, he, he has an amazing scene when he enters a room, knife first. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's as, uh, uh, at the beginning when, when, yeah, when, when baby she, comes when she to arrives. the sanatorium. Yeah. Exactly, a, a knife comes in a door slowly entering a doorway and and then the arm comes in and then and then uh, Powell enters uh, with a gun hanging sloppily in his pocket and chewing a mouthful of apple i mean <laughs> this is an entree <laughs> yeah, entrance we, this is an entrance in pod hard we often talk about uh, the bad guys needing to make uh, an impression uh, on the audience uh, to sell their bad guy qualities and uh, <laughs> well, this is this is certainly a way of doing that. It's uh, quality. And then when he goes around talking to his gang, he uh, lick, uh, he uh, taps people with the knife when, he, <laughs> when he's talking. Yeah. that's yeah. great as well. So he's very intimidating in a you know he's, he's like he's like yeah, manner. He's poking them in the tummy <laughs> with the knife, <laughs> like <It's>... playingly. <laughs> what <Yeah>. and and. <laughs> And I love the ga- gun hanging half out of this of his uh, pocket in the in in his suit. Yeah, he he has this. He has a very nice uh, his clothes. I mean, he has like doctor's clothes on him, but very casual doctor's clothes. It's hard to describe, but uh, he looks uh, fantastic. Yeah, she thinks he's the doctor anyway. And and there's a long scene when he introduces her to the different uh, patients when everybody is acting. Uh, there's some fun bits, but it, this this is one of those scenes that is allowed to drag a bit, mm. uh, I think. But <laughs> there's some great introductions. This is Wilfred. He sprained his head in a, on a conference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, and uh, there's another one. Who, uh, he's a very promising lawyer, uh, but he tried to carry six uh, suitcases on his own. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, yeah, anyway, anyway. Yeah, anyway, uh, anyway. So finally... Mr. Her, uh, Mr. Her Problem, he has, um, as uh, Powell uh, puts it, dollied up. He, he he has never dollied up like this before, before there was a, a, a woman on the island. And lo and behold, 
he has transformed into Crispin Glover. He goes full Crispin Glover. Uh, because at, 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 at first part of the movie, I didn't really recognize him as uh, the Crispin Glover dude from Wings. But he, he, here he is. Yeah. Back slick. Uh, S- suit. Dapper suit. Uh, he looks smashing as w- again. Uh, I mean, is Crispin Glover actually a vampire? Mm. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the hijackers are back. Yes, they are. They they shout um, and yes and this is why Podhard is watching this movie full brouhaha uh, ensues. Um, There's an extended uh, siege, uh, mass shootout brawl uh, all over the 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 hospital or the sanitarium. Yeah, and there's like uh, an army vehicle or something uh, uh like an i think army they shoot boat. with a cannon from a boat yeah they shoot <laughs> a cannon from a boat and totally demolishes the room where baby daniels is staying at uh crazy insane crazy stuff. stuff and people throw people around and they shoot guns and there's smoke all over the place and they destroy it and uh yeah yeah, great stuff. Uh, Podhard is there. Bebe Daniels is being, uh, uh, what do you call it, elevated down. She's being roped down from uh, like the third floor by Richard Arland. Uh, at the same time, he's trying to fight off an attacker. And she goes up and down in the rope uh, in front of the house. Um, yeah, pretty good as well. And then, and when she gets down, uh, there's a beautiful shot where she's in the background uh, trying to catch her breath from this JoJo uh, thingamajig, and uh, a gun appears uh, uh, up front, close uh, in front close of the up. camera. Yeah, in front of the camera, and and uh, shoots, and she uh, jumps in the background. Mm. That that shot is uh, nice. But we get this. Uh, the, the, uh, I want to comment on that. Uh, there's a, a, a long, a long take. That is, there's a beautiful mm. long, longer shot here where where the camera follows them when they maneuver through this battlefield, <laughs> which it has become, and they hide behind trees on on the way uh, while the camera moves uh, along, and and they can sneak in the smoke from from the guns there's smoke everywhere so they hide behind trees and sneak in the smoke uh, i love this uh, shot so, so uh, anyway powell powell appears out of the smoke <laughs> uh, yeah so william powell uh, he he go, he jumps out uh, in, uh, from a tree uh, in a very cartoon <laughs> manner <laughs> uh, points a gun at them and uh, they take Richard Arlen, they knock him down and they take him into a room yeah and she goes crazy uh, and yeah baby Daniels goes bonkers because uh, Richard Arlen has uh, professed his love for her and all of a sudden she is like in love with him as well and she says, nothing will stop me from yeah, seeing Yeah, there's nothing him. wrong with my heart. And I will follow my heart. And she does some parkouring here. She jumps onto the stair uh, from the side. Um, and uh, she runs up the stair. And then she finds a lot of rum kegs. And she she throws them down like she's Donkey Kong yeah, down the Yeah, she stairs. becomes a Donkey Kong. Uh, and people are being bamboozled and thrown around. And she and, thro- starts uh, throwing bottles and, uh, yeah, she goes totally bonkers. 
Yeah, and finally she finds a big <laughs> bottle of chloroform that, will do it. that she throws down the stairs. And uh, when it hits uh, and it's being shattered and the, the liquid goes uh, into the air, I mean, everything goes into slow motion. And we get this beautiful scene where all the bad guys, there are perhaps like 10, 15 of them, uh, down the stairs, they, 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 they like swim around in this slow motion, and they're jumping from the staircases. And one dude does this, does this um, um, salto mortal. What was S- that? Somersault. Now again? <laughs> yeah, one one guy does this sa- somersault uh, backwards <laughs> in this slow motion uh, yeah. take. Uh, I mean, crazy stuff is happening. And William Powell does this great thing where he like throws away his gun <laughs> yeah. and, and and throws himself into the wall uh, and and uh, falls over. Uh, fantastic! And so um, and, and then be, and then Bebe goes uh, the shining. Exactly, she Crazy. goes. She she so finds the axe and tries to break into Richard Arlen. And then the cops arrive and arrest everyone. And when they are going to go up the stairs, Bebe starts to sh- throw bottles and barrels at uh, at them as well. And some guys uh, appear in the corridor and she starts to fight everyone. She she gets to uh, throw some punches in there and and uh, then she saves the guy. Yeah. She shinings him out of there and uh, and uh, and he he we forgot to say that he is not a criminal. He is an undercover journalist. Uh, <laughs> mm. So so he's a good guy as well. So he's a good guy and they can get married, yeah. of course. So yeah, that's the end of that movie. And uh, well, it's a, it's a minor comedy, of course, but I did, did feel it was uh, pretty snappy and... Uh, um, thankfully, uh, quite short. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's not, not nothing earth shaking, but it is very enjoyable. I mean, it's and I re- the middle of the middle of the movie. It, it drags a bit, I, I have to say, but uh, but uh, yeah, many quite. And nice I really like here. her character. Um, <laughs> it's so uh, mm. it's so corny and oddball. Yeah, very refreshing when you've seen a lot of. Uh, lot of depressing uh, roles for females in I mean the Buster sometimes so, just put um, him in a sack he doesn't know what to do yeah. with them so so this was very uh, nice it it came at a, a good moment i think so maybe mm, hyping it up yeah. a bit but uh, it it was uh, refreshing so uh, yeah 1928 is uh, yeah really pumping it up here we've just finished watching speedy Harold Lloyd's uh, contribution for 1928. I had some hopes for this one, but it ain't speedy. This one. Yeah. So this is uh, the, this is actually the first Harold Lloyd movie I've watched, uh, which I really thought was lackluster and not really giving us anything at all. <laughs> I mean, here he doesn't even play a character, uh, more or less. He has always played these uh, interesting characters, I think. Because I have talked a lot of, about how I can't really reconcile if he's an asshole, if he's cute. And it, it has always led to uh, some uh, 
thinking or feeling, but I mean, <laughs> here there is nothing that registers. <laughs> but you know, back in the two-wheeler stuff, I had some trouble with uh, Lloyd uh, as well. He was uh, sometimes hitting it, sometimes losing it. And then I was very pleasantly, pleasantly surprised by Safety mm. Last. Mm. I thought it was a big step forward in constructing uh, a more long-form uh, narrative mm. structure, yeah. as well as Girl Shy, which is a masterpiece. Yeah. Uh, and he, he felt like he was leagues ahead of constructing these uh, streamlined, uh, tight narrative movies. Yeah, where, the, where actually the narrative was uh, mo- moving, moving things forward, uh, unlike many other silent movies where the narrative was like... Uh, it was not not even a narrative sometimes <laughs> i mean the the the, the harold lloyd movies girl shy and safety last they really remind us of uh, movies of today with the the plotting and the construction and everything but waterboy as well Re- really waterboy fresh no what was the it freshman <laughs> the yeah, freshman from 1925 was really fresh he was a water boy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the plot was uh, pretty good in that one. And uh, we did uh, like uh, For Heaven's Sake as well. But uh, The Kid Brother was the beginning of the downfall. And we have uh, maybe um, cornered this. Uh, cornered this. Uh, maybe we have um, found the root of the problem. His uh, directors, Fred C. Nomeyer and uh, Anne Sam Taylor... Uh, they were the directors of his earlier movies, his great movies. But uh, from The Kid Brother and forward, this guy Ted Wilde took over the directing duties. And uh, yeah, I think it's noticeable that uh, the, um, uh, the narrative really has taken a, a pummeling uh, in these later movies. Uh, this is basically a two-reeler stretched out to feature length. This is something we have accused Buster of doing, but Buster has left uh, Harold in the dust. I mean, Buster always comes up with these great uh, set pieces and gags that you can... Oh, well, that's really funny. That's really incredible. That's really ingenuitive. Um, in engin- oh, never mind. <laughs> so Buster always has something going for him, but it's very pedestrian-made um, set pieces in Speedy. Um, essentially, the movie is about a guy. Um, yeah, it's about a guy. <laughs> what's his What's his game? He he has like um, a girlfriend, and the girlfriend has like. Uh, uh, an old uh, geezer dad who drives a, a, a horse-driven <laughs> tram in New York Wasn't City. Wasn't it uh, her grand, grand yeah, the, dad? Yeah, her granddad, yeah. And he drives a horse-driven uh, tram, which apparently was a thing uh, in the 20s in New York City. Uh, and uh, so Speedy is uh, like a guy who can't uh, hold down a job. He's like uh, totally useless. Uh, but uh, yeah, so he needs. Yeah, so he goes to Coney Island on a date. <laughs> yeah. for I mean, uh, maybe thirteen minutes. I mean, or there's something. no plot 
like for the first hour or so in this movie. What is happening? It's just Harold Lloyd uh, mucking about. This uh, essentially was like Harold Lloyd doing a journal movie of Coney Island. Because it's really nothing happening here plot-wise. He and his girlfriend is simply going around to different attractions. and uh, It's a montage. It's uh, transitioning different scenes where they try out uh, Yeah, but it's a montage that is like 10-15 minutes long. Yeah. yeah. But uh, w- one hour in or something, he overhears a phone call that, uh, <laughs> that they are going to send you're, some... You're like jumping over to... a whole lot of the movie. Yeah, but we, we said the movie should have started here, where, uh, where he overhears this, and it would have been uh, like a Hitchcock thriller, mm. a suspense movie, he overhears something. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, the movie should have started like at the 55-minute uh, stretch. Uh, he has uh, given Babe Ruth, like the America's most famous person, a ride in his taxi cab before this. And we thought we were going to get like, uh, oh, he's he needs to get Babe Ruth to the uh, Yankee arena in time. Babe Ruth, of course, was a big baseball player in the 20s. Uh, and he is in the movie playing himself. But... Uh, the chase, it's not even a chase, uh, and it's essentially just nothing, and he, they just sped him up uh, driving a cab. Uh, they cranked... Uh, I think the joke is that uh, that uh, he says drive faster, and, and the movie moves faster. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's really nothing to talk about for pod hard, I, I would say. Yeah, I'm so disappointed, because... Um, I was looking forward to two uh, um, set pieces that uh, I, I had written uh, that I had read about. One big uh, brouhaha brawl between some thugs and like the entire population of senior citizens in New York. <laughs> it's like two, three hundred old geezers running around pummeling uh, bad guys. But the idea is very fun. The idea is great, but oh, ha- having elderly people, but they can't throw punches, of course. Yeah. So it it uh, d- delves into nothing. But there are very many m- people on in in this brawl. It's funny, but they don't do mm. much. Uh, I was. Uh, it was quite fun that it uh, almost felt like a precursor to Warriors. <laughs> there are two gangs of oldies coming out with uh, the one with the kitchen uh, uh, appliances, uh, yeah, <laughs> and one uh, that has uh, almost suited up in some kind of armor or or something. Yeah, I don't yeah. know, but uh, yeah, early Warriors, uh, old uh, geezer version. So the other big set yeah the other big set piece is supposed to be a chase at the end of the movie, and here we were both like clobbered that the back projection was awful. I mean, in an earlier episode, uh, we talked about how the back projection is always good in silent <laughs> movies. I, we we have seen a couple of. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, lesser uh, good back projections. Of course, we've seen that, but. In this movie, it was so 
patently awful the back projection uh, in the chases that we were both like, what, are we watching a James Bond movie from the 60s again? What is happening? (laughs) (laughs) Something to look forward to. Uh, (laughs) I mean, especially a letdown because of the masterpiece that is Girl Shy, because Mm. that end chase set piece holds up uh, uh, to anything. Absolutely. I mean, the... And this does the not. The chase scene uh, in Girl Shy is uh, probably top three chase scenes of all time. And uh, this... You know where you heard it yeah, first. Yeah, definitely. And uh, this <laughs> uh, yeah, cast an awful shadow <clears throat> on that. Uh, that the same guy who did that does this. Uh, it's so disappointing. I mean, and it's all also that it's just... Uh, it just starts and then it cuts away to uh, an old geezer and or uh, he gets stuck in traffic there's this uh, start stop uh, mechanism yeah. in throughout all the set pieces in this one that that they just oh now it starts uh, no mm. it's uh, it mm. has stopped uh, we are yeah, it, it, ne- it and, never ah, it starts it again it never reaches uh, second gear uh, these uh, the, the chases in the, this movie. So I suppose with that said, we uh, look at... Let's bury uh, Lloyd and uh, go forth. So meanwhile in uh, Russia... <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I haven't kept up with Russia. I, I suppose they have uh, done some cool editing, at least. <laughs> uh, Battleship so. Potemkin? Yeah, and and some other stuff as mm. well. I think they. Were. So I I did watch uh, Storm Over Asia mm-hmm. uh, by uh, excuse my pronunciation. Vzevlob Podovkin. This was a suggestion I got from uh, a guy at Twitter, Paul L C C R R R. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I ain't talking uh, uh, words anymore. <laughs> so yeah. It, anyway, I haven't kept up with Russia, mm-hmm. so I checked in on this one. And there's some stunning images throughout, but it's it's more of a historical drama. Mm. The editing, it, it, it's it ends with a, a fight mm-hmm. scene. It's more of a historical drama up to this point, okay. uh, and there's these. Uh, very tightly framed scuffles and you see shining steels and uh, and uh, the lead character is basically tearing down a whole building and then it goes t- into this stroboscopic editing uh, and uh, this guy is so angry that he almost destroys the image itself oh. and then he jumps out of a window and everything explodes <laughs> okay <laughs> And then there's an army uh, and riding on horses, and the editing suggests uh, that they the are the horses wind up a tornado uh, through editing, and and uh, there are these images of uh, trees blowing that almost uh, look like those test footages of the atomic bomb. So uh, before it happened, <laughs> I might add. So there's some really interesting imagery in, in this one. Uh, at times, <laughs> almost, uh, uh, I mean, uh, 
a glimpse of much later action cinema where uh, where you maybe solve stuff in uh, in post <laughs> because sometimes the fights look like they are just uh, uh, waving around a bit and they cut immensely so late american movie but there is also some abstract uh, artier editing going on here that reminds me a bit of maybe hong kong new wave and stuff mm. uh, so some really cool images mm. we've also seen a another japanese movie another samurai movie I've seen a few. Yeah, you go to town every episode with the samurai movies. But this time I've tried <laughs> to keep up with you. I've also seen Kurama Tengu. Yeah, can I just ship in a, a brief on Shushin Gura, The Truth? Okay, go for it. Uh, yeah, so initially this is very text-heavy uh, and I had no subtitles. <laughs> So, uh, I don't know. Uh, it it started out like something I would uh, turn off. Uh, but then the, they have this... Uh, you know, in, in Japanese movies, they are so expressive when they are angry mm. uh, and so powerful. Uh, there's this guy who pops a guy in the head and ten guys just fall down. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, it it had my interest. And, and then... Um, uh, throughout it uh, do something that you know sometimes because I was almost gonna say this was a first but we shouldn't do that but you know sometimes <laughs> things uh, jump out you're at not you. gonna stop me from saying everything is a first no no of course no I'm I won't do that to you <laughs> don't do that to me man you are allowed yeah, yeah. But I, w- I would frame it more like sometimes you see things like it's the mm, first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And it can happen in a movie from, from uh, this year, 2020. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's, it's an image that you have seen a thou- thousand times, but someone just uh, tweak it a bit and it just feels like it pop- pops out. Mm. And this long story is about uh, whip pants. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's the whip s- pan movie. Yeah, you talked about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I sent whip pants uh, to you. You sent me some whip <laughs> so, pants, and I mean they're pretty. Uh, I mean, well, it, the first couple are a bit shaky. Yeah, it's 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 a uh, movie about someone trying to nail a whip pan. Yeah, and he does. Finally, he or she does. If <laughs> uh, the first couple are for he's he, he, the cameraman is forced to adjust the the whip move afterwards and and go back. I mean, a whip pan is when you go fast from someone to someone else. In in this, it's in dialogue yeah. scenes. But but just seeing them trying this out, I was thinking, and and when it it comes the third time, it sits perfectly. Mm. It's a perfect whip pan in here. <laughs> <laughs> from a face yeah, to another yeah. face and and it had me starting to believe what if they would do this in uh, in the action scene we we mm. all we mm. all know that a samurai movie maybe doesn't have that much action throughout the duration but they always seem to end on this one against an yeah. army uh, so it was really ramping up this anticipation and it delivers oh it's a whip pan a- in action yeah, we get an exemplary use of oh. it. Uh, I mean, there, there's uh, two guys fighting with swords and, and the camera just is uh, singing back and forth between oh. them. 
it's very dynamic and exciting. Cool. Uh, uh, yeah, so pay pay off, and a great use of environment in this one. Uh, it 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 real it all also starts uh, snowing during the final battle, which which is always uh, a thing to behold. Snow mm. during battles. Uh, so over to Kuramatengu. Yeah, um, yeah. What was the movie called that you talked about? I talked about uh, Shushin Gura. Shushin Gura. The truth. The truth, and that was directed by Shusho Makino. And that was like a generic uh, samurai movie as well. All of these movies are samurai movies essentially from Japan. Yeah, and I think a part of a serial. Mm. Yeah, and, and as well, which is very obvious with uh, Kuramatengu. Yeah, this this isn't the first movie in the series about Kuramatengu. Kuramatengu, I'm guessing, is the is the lead character. Yeah, he's a, another one of those hot-headed samurai, and he wants to overthrow the the shogun. Yeah. The Shogunate. Mm, yes. What is it? The Shogunate. Yes. Sh- but when shogunate. we open this movie, he is in prison, and we don't see him for like forty minutes because uh, we we <laughs> instead we have to make do with uh, some some ten <laughs> uh, year old boy that wants to free him, and some some bad girl that goes around shooting people, um, and essentially you're just confused. <laughs> uh, yeah, but there was a really, f- you know, the the prolonged chase scene, which also has some whip pants, yeah, by the yeah. way, mm. uh, really beautiful mm. uh, whip pan there. But uh, when they hide, <laughs> oh, a whip pan connoisseur, eh? <laughs> Are you yeah, gonna write a thesis on whip pants in uh, Japanese cinema or something? Uh, yeah, maybe someone should yeah. do that. We might we throw it uh, out there. Anyway, the police is chase. This this is funny. <laughs> it's uh, remotely uh, <laughs> something. When when the police are chasing this kid and uh, Kromatengo's best pal, mm-hmm. uh, they for some reason decide that it's too dangerous to run. We go undercover. And they be- <laughs> hide behind and move around uh, a portable wall, a, a couple of mm. planks, uh, and uh, and some hay. Yeah. And they just go about like this, uh, their legs uh, beneath and uh, some wood and some hay going around. So immediately when the police sees them, it's, oh, there they are. <laughs> so And then they just disappear in midair. So, so I thought that was uh, worth noting. They were magicians. And uh, this girl that is inter- interested in uh, Kuramatengu oh, yeah. Otsuya, oh, yeah. there's a very weird scene where the text uh, informs us that with a cruel big brother, Otsuya led a miserable life, and she's just lying around, tied and gagged at home, <laughs> yeah. so all day long. So this is her. This is her uh, ordinary going about. Uh... It's a really cruel big brother. I don't want to know, actually, what's going so on. So anyway, Kuramatengu finally gets himself out of jail. He attacks a bunch of people. Uh, and yes. uh, it's essentially when he gets out of the jail, he follows this escape route uh, and teams up with the boy, or teams up. He essentially picks up the boy with his uh, one arm and then fights off an entire army 
with uh, his only arm and his feet. And we get some really nice fighting here. When I watch this, um, and, and I gotta excuse uh, it a bit because it's very boring before it gets to the action. And what is it, 30 minutes in? If more, I think. Or something. More, I think. Uh, so I think I tortured you a bit. But there's some really cool stuff. I, I mean, I. For me, the most uh, interesting, or one of the interesting things in this one was when he is in prison and, and gets out. Uh, when he's tied and uh, uh, starts fighting the guards. Uh, so he gets one of the guards to chop off his uh, ropes. And then when he gets uh, a stick... They they have uh, some uh, exchanges, and I thought the choreography was more uh, complex here. Mm. Pretty long takes, more intricate movement, mm. and uh, some nice throws and stuff. And there's a when he has gotten out, there's a really cool uh, throw when they try to pick him up, mm. and he leaps out of their grip. Uh, in some weird fashion. Mm. So pretty cool, intricate uh, choreography showing some uh, uh, firsts here, I think. Yeah, I think I thought the fight was uh, really good, actually. And he's doing some nice whirlwind thing with the sword. He picks up a sword. He's spinning around like a madman, keeping attackers at bay. And they're running away from their attackers. And... Then, all of a sudden, uh, an intertitle <laughs> informs us that it's the spring of 1863. And this uh, mad woman with the gun uh, is pounding on a door. <laughs> we, just, uh, we just got bamboozled. What happened to the fight? Could it be a real missing or something? I certainly hope so. Because that was uh, <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> on par with Harold Lloyd's uh, start-stop uh, messing about. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, and I mean, this this scene with, with the girl bank, pounding on the door, uh, her father refuses to let her in. And this goes on for a couple of minutes. I mean, I think this is a new episode. Uh, I think it, the first episode ends with this big fight and something is missing here. Mm. And then when we get to the second episode, it feels like it just starts over with a slog. And it was a bit too much to handle uh, because we have just survived through one of these slogs and gotten some beautiful uh, action. Mm. And then it was just chopped off and uh, back to uh, soap, uh, soap opera land. Yeah. I mean, the long take when he is fighting lots of guys is uh, is beautifully constructed, mm. except for those. There are these four guys uh, jumping play horse or something. You know, in, in these Japanese movies, you always have these guys uh, running around uh, watching out not to get hurt, which has worked uh, great in the movies we have seen so far, but here it is really disruptive with four of these guys. Uh, I don't know what they are doing because it's a, such a great uh, shot otherwise. Really annoying. I couldn't uh, take my eyes off of them. Mm. They are jumping uh, really silly. 
so yeah, essentially we get to the fight much quicker in this uh, second episode. And yeah, Kramatengas walked in a and trap. And this fight is even better, I think. Yeah, this is great stuff. This is fantastic. And he has been sent a fake letter to get to somewhere where he will be attacked. And it's so funny when one of his friends uh, gets this fake letter. He's so upset over the fake letter that he grumpily storms out the door, viciously chewing the letter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so essentially Kuramatengu has been set up and uh, there's been a trap for him. He goes uh, to a, a house, I guess it is, uh, where a lot of bad guys are waiting to ambush him. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. and, and uh, this is a death squad uh, yeah. that the police has sent. And there's another death squad on their way. So <laughs> we follow the other death squad and his pals getting together to go and help. Yeah. So it's also... Pretty cool parallel editing here between three separate mm. uh, uh, thingies uh, leading up to the fight. <laughs> that works really well. <laughs> I mean, another death squad moving in is a, <laughs> is a good uh, thing when you already have a big-ass death yeah. squad uh, at, on the place. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, say. great. S- silence so, of the Lambs, c- eat your heart out. So Karamatengo sh- just screams at them, all right, it's dance time. Are you ready, cowards? <laughs> and they're not really ready, but uh, they they <laughs> they give it their all. And essentially, Karamatengo, I mean, he slaughters like 30, 40 guys. And everybody's lying around on the floor, dead. As he's... Yeah, they pile up. Yeah, they pile up. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like Kill Bill stuff, uh, this fight. The Benji says something about that. The blood spurts out. Uh, the bodies mm. like uh, flowing rivers or something the only more poetic uh, banshee thingamajig in this one and he is dual wielding swords here mm. as well did you yeah, notice that yeah great stuff great stuff and and i think we both uh, had a yeah one uh, i won't say favorite shot but a, a top 5 shots uh, at least uh there's a shot that only follows his leg movements. Oh yeah, yeah, that that's great. Yeah. Uh, the camera only sees like his legs uh, and the legs of his attackers, and it's almost like seeing uh, someone play tennis or something. It's fantastic leg work. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's great. Uh, and uh, I mean, it's this we, is what we don't we don't we, want we don't see. need <laughs> the sword fight. We only need the legs uh, doing their thing. Uh, great, great, great stuff. Um, so yeah, they're really doing some intelligent action work here. Um, high end stuff. Um, yeah, and did, uh, when he gets out, uh, there's a short but pretty good uh, three on one where where the three attackers are attacking uh, uh, at the same mm. time or, or taking turns in a, it's it's short but it uh, is uh, great mm. three on one work mm. here and then and so then we come to a duel at the end of this fantastic brawl uh, he faces off against the leader of the death squad and uh, they're going at each other fiercely and uh, they're cutting each other. Um, so both are injured and they're essentially collapsing in 
uh, two piles <laughs> <laughs> and they're like holding out their swords in front of them uh, so as if you come any closer I got my sword don't try it and they're like shouting at each other and being fatigued and uh, essentially they don't know what to do anymore <laughs> it's great <laughs> it's i love that when uh, when uh, when two guys get so exhausted and so beaten up that they can hardly stand anymore yeah and so sorry to say it ends yeah. here i think the benchy once again says uh, uh, tune in next week uh, <laughs> well, it's a great, it's a great cliffhanger, but uh... yeah, it's a great cliffhanger. But we we won't get to know how this played out. Mm. I think it's time for us to return to Buster Keaton and talk about his second movie of 1928, The Cameraman. The first movie he made for MGM. Uh, yeah, so he is uh, doing this movie called The Cameraman, where he plays an. Uh, yeah, what is he? Well. A tin portrait. He's a photographer in the beginning. But is, he does some, portraits. It's some old, uh, at that time as well, outdated technique that he is uh, working with. Yeah, it's almost like if, if you see someone today using a Polaroid camera. Um, I guess that is the equivalent of what Buster is using here when he goes around on the streets and trying to get people to pay money to get their portrait taken. I, I gotta say, uh, initially, this movie really had me sitting up because the first shot of the movie is one of cinema's greatest explosions ever. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so short. It's <laughs> it's a couple of seconds. There's a, 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 a war scene because there's mm. a montage in the beginning that... Uh, uh, talks about uh, cinematographers, uh, war uh, journalists, or da- that shoot mm. dangerous stuff. So we see soldiers and a, a house explodes. The debris filling the sky, once again with these uh, angles and stuff that you were talking about. Mm. It's just too cool dreamy. for school. I, yeah, it's dreamy. I think it, I think it might be a real shot because he, yeah, as you said, he used a lot of uh, real documentary shots. Yeah, that movie. was what I thought too, but it's so it's so uh, so goddamn good quality of the image as well. But okay, but maybe, yeah. yeah, probably because the explosion looks really dangerous because people are so close to it as well when the debris mm. starts flying and it cuts mm. away. Uh, at that moment so maybe you don't want to see the rest <laughs> so yeah, possibly maybe. a maybe. real war uh, thingy but uh, yeah mm. so opens on a start uh, uh, a strong note it drops a bit uh, <laughs> for me well it gets a bit samey because uh, essentially Buster is trying he get, he is infatuated with the girl almost from the start here and the girl works for a for MGM, as it happens, uh, but not for the movie part. It's for the journalist part. So they're making these um, journal movies, um, essentially uh, filming esen- these current event things. Uh, well, they're, they're essentially being like uh, journalists of today, where they're all being forced to do uh, uh, like uh, moving pictures uh, material nobody reads anymore everybody wants to see something happen 
Uh, and that was essentially the same, I guess, in the 20s, uh, at least for these journal filmmakers. Um, so he tries to get a job at this uh, company, um, but he has a hard time since he's using this this obsolete camera and everybody thinks he's a big boob, uh, as the saying were in these, day, in these times. Um, so he has, uh, yeah... He's down on his luck as usual. Yeah, but I I don't. Uh, for me, the romance just doesn't work here, and and it gets uh, lots of airtime. He basically just when they meet or they are in a crowded place, he stands and uh, sniff her hair, and he is a bit awkward, and she mostly seems to. F- feel sorry for him or think that he's a, a minor nuisance <laughs> most of the time. Mm. Uh, so it it gets it becomes a bit of a slog for me. But it picks up. And there's a well, couple of uh, great set pieces here as, as well. Yeah, I do think uh, we both uh, agree that the movie picks up when he gets on a date with the girl. Uh, and they decide to go to the swimming hall. Yeah, but it's weird because uh, she, I think she says, uh, uh, no, he says, do you want to uh, take a long walk on Sunday? But she, she's, she's busy. So, But then she got a change of plans. So they're going to hook up. But they, yeah, they go to the, the bathhouse. Yeah, they, there's, there's a great scene where he awaits the call. Yes. She, she says... Uh, that, uh, well, I might call you. Can I get your number? Yeah, of course. So she gets the number of his, uh, like, apartment hotel, I guess, where he lives. And where there's only one phone for the entire uh, entire house. Uh, so there's, like, uh, ten floors or yeah, something. But yet again, he just sits at home waiting for this call. He's a bit uh, weird. <laughs> <laughs> he has nothing else going on, this guy. No. Uh, so... Whenever he he hears the telephone ringing, he runs down the stairs only to find out, oh, it was for someone else. Oh, you picked up the phone. Okay. Uh, And there's a great shot. uh, They use, like, this elevator camera. Uh, I think this is one of the first movies, uh, maybe together with that, the Harold Lloyd movie that used it. Um, It's wonderful. uh, But we saw it as well in... uh, Didn't we see uh, something similar, at least, in... uh wasn't it in the Three Musketeers? Uh, oh yeah, when, we did. When, when we, we did. went went up the the tower, uh, I think this one this might be one of the first comedies, at least, to use uh, the elevator shot. And I mean, it's a beautifully it, perceived scene. Yeah, I mean, he he walks uh, essentially. It's like uh, a Wes Anderson dollhouse cutout of the. So you get the the the, the stairs. Um, and Wes Anderson uh, ain't got nothing on, on in like on 2D form. You see him from in a profile manner going up the stairs uh, in a zigzag manner up the stairs. Uh, and essentially, he is so uh, preoccupied with this uh, phone uh, and he's thinking about the girl and he's so uh, uh, in deep thoughts that he goes all the way up the house and uh, uh, falls over at the top when there's, like, no stair left. Yeah, he's up at the roof. (laughs) And then later he is so excited when when there is a call that he runs uh, too far and ends up in the basement as well. So, so, and the camera moves. uh, Yeah, it's it's 
great. It's a great shot. Finally, they manage to get on a date. Yeah. And we do get and a very taut economical banana peel variation. <laughs> I really like <laughs> You them. love these banana peel variations, man. <laughs> he gets into this uh, really tight little uh, dressing room to change to his bath uh, clothes. And another guy rushes in and is going to change. And, and Buster tries out, uh, this is my dressing room. Shut up or it will be your coffin. <laughs> and they proceed to undress tumble for a long duration, uh, very yeah. long. It just goes on and on. And it's mm. like, it's it's almost like a precursor to an enclosed environment fight, but even tighter. I was thinking about elevator fights. Uh, we, we love a fight in an elevator. It almost uh, has a hint of this going on. It's so tight and they climb each other and... Yeah, they, they really get tussled around. And I mean, Buster gets this uh, fantastic uh, look <laughs> in his face. Yes. Uh, I mean, I, I haven't seen him uh, agitated in this way for in any movie. Uh, I mean, he really looks peeved here in a way. I mean, I some seen of those before. hits probably. And he he gets connects. He, this, he, this is so tight. I mean, uh, you and he also gets this uh, very nice uh, hairdo, uh, very very like scruffy <laughs> hair, um, very very unlike the twenties, of course, where you're supposed to have Crispin Glover hair all the time. But uh, maybe that's why he's so upset. Yeah, my hair. Don't don't touch. Don't touch the do, man. Wasn't supposed to be <laughs> happen. Yeah. Uh, so but yeah, it's I, a great I, scene. I, mean, I agree. It, yeah. It's the centerpiece. I mean, it, there's a uh, throughout the mu- movie. Uh, there's this uh, wonderful staging of of lack of space mm. in in these urban environments. Mm. Uh, I mean, everything is packed and crowded. When when he's trying to get a seat on the bus uh, together with her, when they're where, when they're going to this location that we are at, uh, he he can't. He's pushed up on the on the mm. roof of the bus yeah. or the second floor. Uh, so seemingly uh, uh, impossible to get a place by your date uh, on the bus on the bathhouse there's dudes flocking around her he can't almost uh, get to her uh, so there's no way to assert yourself uh, which is really conveyed in this uh, this changing room scene in earlier Bustikita movies I have complained sometimes that uh, that uh, he is infatuated with open nature that he often is out uh, I don't know Doing stuff with horses or uh, falling in a, 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 a river and stuff like that. He's, he seems like he, he likes to be out in the nature. And I had uh, I felt more strongly for uh, Harold Lloyd's uh, urban uh, explorations. Climbing skyscrapers and uh, being run over by cars. And now when Buster is uh, in the city here, there is no place for him. Mm. I think there is something uh, here. It's a beautiful uh, analogy there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, as you said, uh, I mean, uh, the chaos uh, continues uh, out in the in the swimming pool. Uh, he he jumps into the water, and uh, well, the 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 tussle in the cha- <laughs> changing room has. Uh, uh, done has made them use uh, each other's swimming suits. So yeah, there's a mix-up. This up. big guy has 
Buster Keaton's very small swimming suit. And Buster Keaton is simply bathing in the other guy's uh, swimming suit. Uh, and so when he drive, dives into the water later, he, he dives out of the uh, uh, swimming suit and is essentially naked <laughs> in the water. Uh, and there is some... Uh, he, he tries to steal a lady's uh, uh, pants as well. So, yeah. Brouhaha in the water. <laughs> Brouhaha in the water. Anyway. Anyway. So... But anyway. He's down on his luck again because uh, the, yeah. the, gir- the girl... Can't catch a break. Yeah, he can't catch a break with the girl. Uh, his uh, rival for her shows up and uh, gives them a ride home when it starts raining. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, since it's a two-seat car, the, the, it's only the girl and the rival that can get the um, uh, the baldachin or what you call it, the the, the, the roof, roof essentially uh, of the car. So Buster has to sit uh, at behind in a small seat uh, in the rain. It's a pretty good rain. Yeah, very good rain. That's great rain. It- Better, better rain stone. than in Steamboat Bill Jr. I mean, it looks really like they're throwing buckets of water at him. Uh, yeah, so uh, so he gets an insider tip, uh, finally. <laughs> or, uh, she has overheard some uh, uh, Chinese, I think, who are going to do something, something uh, during... Uh, 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 a lion dance festival yeah. in Chinatown. Yeah, it essentially becomes a, like a war in Chinatown. Yeah, so the Tong War breaks out. Uh, so this is the big uh, set piece. Yeah, well, apart from the small big set piece in the changing room. Yeah, and the big set piece is uh, equally as good, I would say. Uh, it's crazy stuff happening. Everybody is shooting at everybody, and Buster is in the middle of it all, uh, trying to capture everything with his camera. And he yeah, there's some great and stuff. And he's totally fearless, man. He he just cranks that camera at everything, and he all he yeah, he, he, has pe- <laughs> he like orchestrates uh, scenes. Uh, like when, when yeah, someone yeah. is is uh, missing a dagger, he finds a dagger for them. Oh, here you go. Okay, continue wrestling. I'll just crank yeah. There's the a couple of guys uh, fighting on the ground, and he, he gives uh, gives them a an, uh, uh, one of them a knife to to get better footage. Yeah. <laughs> And they have machine guns. And and uh, earlier, B- Buster has picked up a monkey. We forgot to mention, uh, but uh, due to circumstances, he now uh, has a monkey that dresses uh, a bit like him. So and and there's a scene. <laughs> I mean, these guys have these heavy machine guns, and there's a wonderful scene where uh, monkey and Buster side by side, uh, Buster cranking the camera, and the monkey is uh, cranking the machine gun. <laughs> So, so both are are shooting. Yeah, yeah nice, nice visual. <laughs> nice, nice image. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a great image. Yeah, and uh, we also get one of his uh, famous stunts uh, when he stands on a like a palisade or something. Uh, crank- on the scaffolding. Yeah, the scaffolding. He's cranking a camera on, on on top of a scaffolding, and the scaffolding folds over. And he is like, and he's jettisoned down, and he's keeping, he keeps cranking all the way down. Yeah, I gotta keep cranking. Gotta keep cranking. I was hoping we would we would see a, a, a shot uh, of that in the the final reel. When, uh, spoiler alert! When, oh, when we get to see his footage. Yeah, from point but, of view. Uh, yeah, that would have been. Great. Yeah, point of view yeah. shot would have been <laughs> so cool. Mm. 
Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, this fight yeah. Uh, goes on very long and finally ends up in a room with some seedy uh, 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 characters and uh, the police bust in, um, saves the day and he almost gets... Uh, <laughs> He almost gets uh, driven off to the insane asylum because one, one yeah, he cop has had this thing crazy. going with with the with the cop throughout the movie and and early, earlier this uh, this is a bug-eyed cop uh, yeah squinty bug-eyed Popeye cop who has <laughs> made a medical exam on Buster to see if he is goofy testing his reflexes. It's an odd. Uh, Medical exam, I suppose, but but now he has decided that Buster is a loon. He shows up at the wrong place at the wrong time every goddamn time. Yeah, I, I wonder a bit about these um, these expressions that the cop is making. It, it seems like uh, it's become a staple in like comedy for, okay. for ages uh, after that. Like this character. Uh, reacting to someone being um, uh, crazy in some way or something uh, untowardly happening to him and he has this expression that goes like uh, oh you <laughs> or something like that uh, I mean uh, in text or in face in face in face <laughs> Oh yeah, he he shows up uh, at the uh, MGM uh, News Journal office with this footage that he thinks he has. Uh, But when he opens the camera, he has uh, the movie reel is it's in there. It's an old movie reel with only half a, a frame or something. So he's being laughed at and thrown out of the MGM offices. Yeah, it's so. Uh, and he feels like, uh, man, I don't know what to do anymore. And he's down on his luck again. Uh, and he goes out to film a motorboat uh, race. Uh, <laughs> and he's cranking some stuff uh, on top of a boat. <laughs> yeah, cranking some stuff. Cranking baby. some stuff out on a boat. And uh, the girl and his rival is going in a motorboat as well. Um, the motorboat goes crazy and uh, both the girl and rival gets into the water and the motorboat I mean that's that's great stuff when the motorboat is circling them in this swirling manner going round and round the girl like she's trapped in a maelstrom of motorboat (laughs) Uh, that's great stuff and uh, Buster of course saves the day Uh, he saves her She's unconscious. He tries. He goes away to get some medicine. The rival... He gets all the medicine. He gets all the medicine. The rival, who ditched the girl to save himself, finds the girl on the beach and like, well, looks like I saved you, huh? And she's like, oh, my savior, and goes away with him. And then Buster gets back with the medicine, finds out she isn't there anymore, and man, now I'm really down on my luck. Yeah, he breaks down, and and the camera pulls back <laughs> and reveals the monkey cracking, cranking <laughs> an un, an unhappy ending, <laughs> more or less. Yeah, but so, it, so, so the mm. monkey shoots shoots uh, the movie. Yeah. 
now. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a great shot. It's a great <laughs> shot. Well. And uh, it is also the monkey that uh, saves the day for Buster. Because the yeah. monkey exchanged the footage of the Chinatown massacre. Uh, we saw in, a, in it's, an earlier... It's switched, it switched reels. It switched yeah. reels. We saw in an earlier shot that he had done that and Buster like uh, uh, gave him a scolding. You're not supposed to do that. But he does that after the Chinatown massacre. So Buster actually got that footage. He just doesn't know it. And uh, since the monkey has cranked uh, the ending of that, that reel uh, when Buster saves the girl... So he leaves the reel with MGM people and says, you can have that for free. I don't want anything to do with uh, a camera anymore. I'm out of here. And then they're, they're like, oh, let's, uh, let's look at his footage for a laugh or something. And then all of a sudden, it's great. The Chinatown massacre. Oh, my God. Such presence. Oh, my God. Those <laughs> shots, those frames. I've never seen anything as good as this. And then, what is this? A motorboat accident. And the girl is like, what? You didn't save me? Buster Keaton saved me? What? And uh, so she runs uh, away, brings Buster back, and yeah, we get a happy ending. And that's the end of the puppet show. Yeah, that's the end of this show. I mean, I'm totally fadu. As you say in Swedish. I think you kept up uh, pretty well. Well, I tried to crank uh, in a uh, <laughs> timely manner, but uh, I feel I undercranked a bit. Uh, maybe I... Oh, oh no, I overcranked a bit. Uh, you got crunked. I got crunked, man. <laughs>